This week on Erotic Awakening, Surgery Part 1, Hanging Out with My Adult Children in the Scene, and Body Questions. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. I actually managed to read that one line when I was I noticed that. I was crossing my fingers. That was good. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about some surgery, and this will be part one of part two. Uh, we have a question of the day related to what happens if my adult children are also kinky. And also, our sex questions will focus on the body. Ooh, and that'll fit in, fit well. in with the surgery topic. Absolutely. So. First off, though, I do want to uh, mention we are very fortunate that you have found enough time in your busy schedule to come up with a new book idea. I have. Isn't it awesome? So, And I think part of it is because I'm going to have some downtime. So... Uh, I don't know that it's a new book idea. I think we've been thinking about it for a while, mm-hmm. and we actually did a uh, we have a, a workshop on it, so a presentation on it, and it's called The Joys of Polyamory. So there's a lot of books out there about jealousy and tools, and we do a lot of uh, presentations on jealousy and tools and sure, things sure. like that. But we also had um, this idea of concentrating on the joys of it. So, you know, why do this polyamory thing if there's not joy and fun involved? Right. So I actually um, also noticed that when I journaled, it was about all the trials and tribulations. And so I started a joy journal where mm-hmm. I only write good things down. Oh, I got some stuff to add to that, too. And next week I might have something else to add to it. Yes, you will. <laughs> so I can't talk about that one in case somebody's listening. But, um, yeah, so we try to um, concentrate on the joys of polyamory instead of just the rough patches. So I want to do a anthology book where people write in with their joys of polyamory and their little short stories of, you know, how this can be a joyous lifestyle. And yeah. Very cool. We'll look forward to hearing about more about that, but I suppose I should ask you then, what is the most recent memorable joy of polyamory you can think of? Mm, Probably Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just having the whole polypod over and, you know, if you disappeared for a while, I didn't have to go track you down because I knew you were with other people or I could go sit with the boyfriend or his wife or, you know, it was just all kind of, yeah, it was really cool. I think that would be the most recent joy. I thought you would say having me cook breakfast this morning for you and Karen. <gasps> that was nice too. I, funny, too, yesterday we had planned to go visit some friends uh, out of town, you, me, and Karen, mm-hmm. and we said, well, if we leave it this time, we'll have time to stop and get breakfast, but if we leave it that, you know, if we want to have breakfast before we leave, we can do that. What no one suggested would be possible is that I would cook breakfast, <laughs> and then today I got up and did it again. Are and, you- Yes. I was going to say, are you prepping for when I'm down and out in no, surgery? No, just, I just, for some reason yesterday, I figured it would take as much time to stop somewhere and eat breakfast as it would to make breakfast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what did I want for breakfast? Well, I wanted eggs and ham, and we had eggs and ham here, so boom. Nice. I figured I'd just make it. It was kind of neat, actually, because I walked by the kitchen and saw that you were cooking and then I saw which frying pan you had and I'm like oh I could go in there and tell him this other frying pan would work better 
no, let's see what he comes up with. <laughs> so sort of thing. And um so very much stayed out of the the mom slash wife mode taking care of the husband yeah, sort of thing. Good. And just just let you do your thing and it turned out really really good. I and thought, then we talked frying pans last night. <laughs> I thought it was good enough. Um I, I and then we did I went shopping for frying pans last night and found out we already have frying pans. <laughs> they were just back in the cupboard. You had suggested that perhaps and this leads into our uh, well we have our this would lead into our topic or our question of the day. Let's lead into the the surgery conversation first. Okay. Uh because this leads into it you said, "Oh, maybe you're doing this in preparation." <laughs> cuz cuz I usually know where everything is in the kitchen. Cuz I never ever ever right. ever cook unless so, it's uh, involves peanut butter. Right. Well, I even caught myself taking the non-stick spray out of the pantry this morning and putting it on the counter because I knew what it was hidden behind. Uh-huh. Whereas if you started looking in there, you wouldn't know to look behind the sugar that I had just used for a recipe yesterday right? <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah. But the point of me going to cook uh-huh. is because you are going to um, be under the knife. I am going to be under the knife. And the reason so... we're, why are we doing this in two parts? Well, one, because I haven't had the surgery yet. So um, that's on December the 8th. And I want to process a little bit about that because I am kind of concerned about how that affects our power exchange relationship. Because I've I've had surgery before and I try to get up too fast to start serving you again uh-huh. and you're usually home to push me back down and give me another Percocet and say, you know, that's okay, honey, <laughs> just go back to sleep. You know, I need you well, not, 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 uh, hurting yourself. Not only from the power exchange aspect of the surgery, but also from a sluttery perspective. And oh, from, no doubt. You know, I think that's going to have an impact on that as well. So <sighs> what is the surgery? impact. So, okay. So the surgery is, um, you guys may have kept track over the years, I may may or may not have been talking about the weight that I've lost. So, and it's taken about eight or nine years at this point. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of ups and downs with the weight loss. But I have finally gotten off 90 pounds and kept off 80 of it. <laughs> so I'm down stupid 80. I know, stupid Thanksgiving. But, um, and I'm pretty sure that's as far as I'm going weight-wise. It's taking a lot of work just to maintain that. So, and I'm not getting much more off. But anyway, so I'm kind of happy where I'm at, except for how all the skin has settled around my middle. So um, I talked to a plastic surgeon and I'm getting the belt lobectomy. Mm-hmm. And that's where they cut you all the way around and take all that extra skin off from um, my belly area. So I'm going to have stitches completely around. It'll start where my C-section scar is, kind of drape up over my hips a little bit, and then go to my butt crack. So, And they're taking all that all that extra skin. He's talking. He said it could be close to 20 pounds. Just on the skin. Just alone. on the skin and the fat that's attached to it under it. Hmm. So I'm realistically looking more. It's probably going to be more like 12 pounds. So I think... I think doctors overestimate a little mm-hmm. bit. So, but I would say more like 12 pounds off of my middle. But uh but the problem is is those stitches that go all the way around, which means I can't move. I can't move very well for like I have to walk in a skier's position for like the first 10 days. I'm going to have drains in, you know, to drain all the extra fluid from the swelling and everything. Those will probably be in. I think there's four of them that are going to be in for like 10 days Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. So I'm going to be pretty immobile for the first week. Not only will you be pretty immobile, but I'll have to be waiting on you. 
Yeah, see, and um, that's weird. <laughs> I assume that these drains are plugged into some kind of a bag that I'm going to have to swap out or something like that. Maybe. They're going to teach me how to do it, but the mm-hmm. first p- couple of days I'm probably going to be doped up. So, um, And there's probably, now that I think about it, and we'll talk about this, I think, on the back end as well, there's a polyamory aspect aspect of it as well yeah you know it's one thing to that we all share this house but you'll be in a position where it may well be karen has to come over and take care of you and see you at your absolute worst yeah that's one of my fears it's going to be my not of karen but the fact that it's going to be my absolute worst that people are going to see me at because you'll be here the first three days with me but then you have to go back to work so I've got people in the community coming in to help mm-hmm. me out, sure. you know, making sure I can get out of the recliner so that I can make that eight steps to the bathroom, right. you know, that sort of thing. My hair is going to be a mess. You know, my teeth aren't going to be brushed. I just, yeah, <laughs> it's, I was gonna, <laughs> I'm not looking sure. forward to so it So instead all. of, um, and you know, none of these people now, granted, most of the people that are going to come over and check on you, people we've known long term. Mm-hmm. But, you know, instead of Don the presenter, Don the director of the space, it's going to be Don the Don invalid. Don the doped up invalid. Yeah. <laughs> they can't walk. So yes. that'll be uh, interesting. From a power exchange perspective, though, um, it, it, you know, like you said, it's going to be very interesting. I'll have to be waiting on you. You know, you will not be able to get up and make my lunch or get my coffee. Yeah. Uh, and I'll actually have to tell you not to do these things. And I'm telling you now, don't do those things. Yes, sir. Um it's going to be rough. I can feel myself sitting here wanting to cry over it. Mm. So, yeah. And then from a... Uh, do you want to share more about that? Mm-mm, about that not feeling? Yet. <laughs> okay. And then from a slutty perspective... Give me a few minutes. Yeah. You know, um, this will have a, a two different effects, right? On one hand, you'll look more attractive to yourself in the mirror. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. It's going to help my body image. Not that it's that bad right now, but it's definitely going to help it. And it's really tricky uh, when we talk about this. You know, we we are the opposite of people that do fat shaming. We're very pro, you know, that you don't have to look like a model and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, But from what we've heard from people... There is a an effect when you look in the mirror and you say, wow, look how slim I look and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. The other aspect of the slut play, though, is that right now you don't have a problem getting naked in the dungeon, regardless of all the extra weight. Right, right. Will you have a problem getting naked once you have a this big brand new scar? scar? I don't know. I don't know. I know... Um, I have a couple of friends that have had this done before, so I've been looking at their scar uh-huh. <laughs> to see what happens because one of them's a couple of years old and things like that. So um, the, the scar, the scar is, okay. and um, so it looks like it fades somewhat. But when I look at the YouTube stuff and look at the videos of fresh scars, they're pretty horrendous, you know, or yeah. in my viewpoint of what it's going to look like on my body. So. Um, you know, so that's going to be into play too. I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm hoping that I'm so excited with the clothes that I can fit in that the the scars just not thought about too much. So um, we shall see how that works. Hmm. But uh, but another slutty thing is is like right now I had a play date on Friday night. I had a date last Tuesday night that turned into a little bit of slut play. I had. Um, uh, a date with the boyfriend that was absolutely slutty play, you know, uh-huh. Saturday night. So in one week, I had three slutty play dates, right? Once the surgery happens, I'm going to be down for about two months Yeah. before I can really play. I mean, there could be some, but I'm not even going to be able to have an orgasm. My body is not going to deal very well with the clenching uh-huh. that happens with an orgasm. So I'm going to be down. 
And um, uh, the one person that I know that has had it that was talking to me about it, she's like, honey, you're not even going to, because I'm like, so when can I have an orgasm? When can, <laughs> she's like, honey, you're not even going to want to think about sex for like the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, not think about sex that's not a possibility she's like no i'm like crap this is major surgery this is going to i'm just hoping it's so worth it at the end you know i'm hoping it's going to fix my lower back Mm -hmm. you know because you know how um, women that have big boobs have upper back issues i have lower back issues and i'm really thinking it's that that extra 20 Mm -hmm. 20 pounds that's that's sitting there so we shall see. So it's absolutely going to affect my slutty life. Should make masturbation easier. Should make it easier? Yeah. Well, I can reach everything can reach after everything it's healed up. Yeah. Yes, I'm thinking of all the drains are in and stuff. I don't think that's going to be an issue. But um, you know what else I'm looking forward to? Is actually being able to see my pussy while I'm being fucked. Because I won't have the mountain yeah. of extra skin in the way. So I'm actually going to be able to see a cock. How? Slide in and out. <laughs> is it is it challenging to be this vulnerable about the surgery that you're getting? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I've been trying, I've been trying to talk about it a little bit more to make it real. Because before yeah. I actually decided to do it, it was like, okay, when and if, blah blah blah. You know, I kind of knew I was going to talk to the doctor and set the date, but up until Beyond the Love, it was still a okay. Well, if this happens. Because I didn't know I'd, I would get the date before the end of the year, which is what I needed yeah. to make it happen, right? If I didn't get that date, it was going to have to be next year, and um, like late next year because of our travel schedule. So I had to block it in in a time when Beyond the Love is done. And our tra- as a matter of fact, we just had to turn down right. an, an opportunity to present in what, February? Into January. January? Into January. Into January, because I don't think I'll be able to do that travel and all that standing for the pr- presenting so, and as a matter of fact, we've got a, a gig the week after that one, and I'm hoping that extra week of healing time will, will help out. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so this is actually going to affect us all the way around. Like you said, um, Polly, because my surgery is being done during the week, you know, Big D can't make it out. Um, so he'll make plans to come help out one evening after I'm home, um, uh, the other person that I, I guess I'm dating her now. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think we've actually labeled this or anything. You know, she's talking about how she's going to come over and it's probably a good thing that I'm going to be laid up so that we can actually start talking instead of oh, um, uh, jumping in the, the other yes, stuff that yes. we do. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So, so that's all kind of neat. I'll actually get to know people in the community a little better, even though I know them. The ones that are coming over, assuming I'm not all percocetted up, right, right. will be because chatting you, and talking. Yeah, and you and won't be on stage. I won't be on stage. Yeah, it'll just be Dawn. And um, so that'll be kind of neat. But, uh, but back, to the, back to the power exchange, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that definitely, that choked me up some because, yeah. we, and it's still going to do it. Because we were talking at the um, unmunch yesterday, you know, how do we keep our power exchange going even as busy as we are? And what did, what did you bring up? The rituals. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the rituals. Even uh-huh. I mean, you and I know, we know that's our foundation, right? We know that's our foundation. Mm-hmm. Our power exchange is our foundation. But how do we remind ourselves of that when we're so busy? And it's the rituals. It's the uh, me getting your meds in the morning and presenting them to you. Me um, 
you know, packing your lunch. It used to be the gym bag. It's not the gym bag anymore, but you know, it's packing your lunch, laying out your clothes, you know, things like that. There's a lot of little things that I do that help reinforce that dynamic. So, and like you said yesterday, um, when we go a little while without those rituals and then remember it, it's like, Oh, Hey, what the fuck? Why, why are we putting other stuff before mm-hmm. our MS? We should always remember the rituals. And, um, so I lose that opportunity. You know, I lost that opportunity when I had the, el- the right. elbow surgery. I lost that opportunity when I had the gallbladder surgery. And even though it's like a week or two, it's still impactful yeah, for me. But, but At this point, you should have faith that we've gone through these kind of things before. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. We're not going to just fall off the MS horse and not get back on it. Uh, we certainly recognize. And, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for us to evaluate what rituals we can still do. I mean, for the first week or two, you're going to be so zoomed out that, you know, nothing's going to really stick. But certainly after that, even things that don't involve you getting up and moving around a lot, you know, mm-hmm. we can still do, um, have things like that. Now, that's up to me to give that some thought. Yeah. You know, to take lead in that. It's funny, we, at the um, Unmunch yesterday in Athens, uh, hosted by Kevin and Katie, Yay. We talked about uh, one, of the, one of the questions on power exchange had to do with, you know, what level of medical care you're, you have authority over your submissive. And people had a variety of answers. And um, the person, the one people that talked is the same way we do is that I have complete control over your medical care. Mm-hmm. I never told you to go get this surgery. You know, I expect you to drive your own health. I just happen to have the authority to speak up and say yes or no if I right. want to. And right. 90% of the time, at least 90% of the time, I don't speak up. Um, all of your dieting is something you have to experience. Even your stupid diet ideas, like the pancake diet, which isn't one of yours, actually. No, but, oh, can I try that one? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I'm not a qualified dietitian. I might think it's dumb. But that's just because I'm pre-programmed to think it's dumb, not because I have any knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So pff, go for it. Um, and this surgery as well, right? I'm not attached to you getting it. I understand why you want to get it. Um, I understand the cost, both mm. financially and in time. And by the way, I don't know if you've thought about this. I've thought about this. I thought about this this morning. It led me to get up. This is major surgery. Mm-hmm. It's not cosmetic surgery. Right. It's not simple surgery. It's six hours under a knife, right. blood loss, mm-hmm. and potential for death. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've considered that, but that's about my. I radar. just signed that paperwork. You know, to recognize now, as uh, surgeries go, this is fairly safe mm-hmm. in the regards that it's very blah 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 blah. I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor. I understand. It is safer than if you were in a car accident and had to be rushed to the hospital and everything had to be done last minute. I suppose, but it's still major surgery, right? So that's, there are the potential for catastrophic failure. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. That's why we're moving forward. Right. I try not to think about that part. And it's also why we didn't save $8,000 and go do this in Taiwan or -hmm. Mexico, right? right? Where for our, you know, we've certainly heard and talked to many of our trans friends that did travel overseas and had successful surgery. Right. So we could have thought about that route as well. Um, it struck me that it would be cheaper, or I'm sorry, safer to have it done here. So we just said, let's just do it here. Not to mention, 
now that I think about it, we'd be stuck in Taiwan or somewhere for eight weeks while you recovered. Right. Which would be awesome. <laughs> which you would have liked. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, would have been stuck back. in a hotel. You know, and I did. I actually thought of that, too, because I know people that do go to Mexico and then they're stuck there with no family. No, right? They don't have their primary care physician. They don't have anything going on. So, yeah, it's cheaper, but, Yeah. So here we go. Um, again, you've spoken with many people that have had the mm-hmm. belt lasectomy belt and similar. Lobectomy. Lobectomy. Right. right. And uh, another thing that, you know, we'll take away from this is that if you podcast listeners are thinking about having this surgery, you'll be able to listen to this adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll have some before and after. Yeah, yeah. So I'm also going to be um, putting it on YouTube. So I haven't put the beginning video on YouTube yet, Mm -hmm. but I do want to do another recording soon, kind of leading up to it, because I haven't seen a lot. There's a little bit on YouTube, but not a lot on how to prep for this and stuff. I think we we should put that on a a different channel, not a private, but a different channel than the Erotic Awakening channel. Yeah. Maybe with a link to it. But I I would hate for somebody to be sitting there with a heart on (laughs) in their hand and go, oh, Erotic Awakening, but that's hot. And (laughs) And then start talking about the belt lobectomy. So, yeah, no, no, no. I'd rather have it on a different different sort of channel. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so so the the MS thing, just a little quickie back to that. So mm -hmm. how I'm going to end up wrapping my head around that is to to remember, like you told me, I think it was after the elbow, in that my service to you is getting better. Mm-hmm. So no ritual is worth me hurting myself right? when the end goal is for me to get better and to get on the other side of it. So right. that's, Re- that's the return part. Return to normal service. Right, right. So, so really quickly, uh, I did want to mention we have one, count them, one new subscriber <laughs> to the newsletter. That would be the Ken Ken from Tennessee, which, by the way, is a really cool name, Ken Ken. I like that. So Maybe awesome. I can be Dan Dan from Ohio. <laughs> There's a lot of Dans in Ohio. Didn't you used to be Dan Dan? No, I was Don Don when I was growing up. People would call me Don Don. Just the guy that just, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Um, anything else? Well, I guess we should mention that one of the things you won't be doing... Erotic Weakening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original... You won't be getting caned. Right. <laughs> home of the original designer glow-in-the-dark and light-up canes. It's where arts and pleasure come to... Okay, guys, I know you're tired of hearing this commercial. Well, we're tired of saying it. Not really. No, But it is I the like last it. time that we're going to say it. Um, our friends at KJ Canes... Um, actually, their advertising expired quite some time ago, but we just got used to saying it all the time, so we just kept going. <laughs> You can head over, EA listeners, to uh, kjkanes.com, and if you spend 25 bucks or more, you'll get 10% off your orders. Now, you have to use the discount code DND16. What I would like you to do, oh podcast listeners, is uh, head on over there and buy some shit, because we're going to reach out to them next week and say, hey, you want to throw more money at us to keep your advertising going? So if you guys go do all your Christmas shopping today, right now, at kjkanes.com, maybe not all your Christmas shopping. Maybe Junior wants a Tonka truck or something. Right, yeah. Know, <laughs> I'm sure there's something far more hip than a Tonka truck. So there you go, folks. KJ Canes, uh, thank you very much for being our sponsor for the last however long we've been doing you. It's been a long time. Yeah, actually. and by the way, thanks for that cool um, cane that oh, yeah, you gave yeah, yeah. some time ago. We should probably use that before surgery. Fair. <laughs> Go to surgery with cane marks on my butt. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, that'll be an interesting one for part two of the surgery conversation, how play is going to change for us. 
How yeah, you, you know that? what? Actually, that is one of the reasons because most people that get the belt lipectomy also get the boob lift. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the boob lift. I have no interest in getting the boob boob lift. My boobs are as flat as pancakes right now. Most of my weight I've lost in my boobs. I'm not super happy with them when they're not in a bra. But I have no interest in getting the boob lift because everybody I've talked to that's had it, they either become oversensitized mm-hmm. or desensitized, and I like rough rough boob and nipple play i mean i just do so i can't imagine giving up my my uh chance for cupcake boobs right and wartenberg wheels and punching and you know mm-hmm. all that type of stuff so that actually played a big a big role in the decision too hmm. so not to get the get the whole double whammy thing done but you could do that later i could do that later if i wanted to if i was done with with breast play and torture i have and seen fighting uh and- <laughs> A few people who look had fantastic boob jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, them in their s- low 70s when they're great grandmothers. Yeah, just because I want to see a great grandmother with fantastic with fantastic boobs. boobs. Yeah, that won't be me more than yeah. likely. <laughs> so uh, we do have some more sex questions. These are body focused mm. sex okay. questions. Uh, so let's start this one. Do you imagine people naked? That's not really a sex. Body Do I question. imagine? Oh, I imagine people naked all the time. Oh, yeah. That was an easy one. <laughs> they can walk be walking down my work office thing, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what they look like. <laughs> What's something you like about your body? Something I like about my body? Um, well, I like my eyes. My eyes are green, and people don't know that unless they get really close. So I can tell how close they've been to me. So, And um, I like my nipples. Okay. I don't want them moved and <laughs> displaced and put in a different place on my boobs. I, I like my nipples. Cool. So, um... That's it. You don't have to have yeah. multiple answers. I was going to say, because I like my calves, too. <laughs> cool. That's not very sexy. What about you? What, what do you like I don't your body? particularly am attached to any particular parts of my body. I like this little muscle that connects between my neck and my shoulder. Oh, but only because lately trapezoid I've, sure, trapezoids, or something? But only yeah. because I've been... Uh, doing pull-ups lately and it's like the one spot where i notice hey look mother's trapezoids yeah i can see that no but it is sexy because i can remember doing that when i was lifting weights as well you get that whole it's just a definition there that's really neat so that's the part that comes to my mind okay uh what's something you dislike about your body Probably the part you're about to chop off probably the part i'm about to chop off so and it's and it's like um You know, if I wasn't able to do this surgery, it wouldn't be a super horrendous thing. You know, it's not, I've learned to, I've adjusted to it, Mm -hmm. I guess is the way. You know, I've learned not to worry about what people think if I take off my clothes or something like that. But I I would have to say, yeah, I would have to say that would be it. So the belly. What about you? I dislike my bald spot, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just to be blunt, folks, mm-hmm. I liked having, I liked being the long hair guy. Yeah. And I don't mind being the bald guy, but I liked it being my choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the bald spot, and that's probably more of a control issue than anything else. You know, it made me, it pushed me into a new hairstyle when I was happy with the existing hairstyle. Yeah. I'm, you know, spilt milk. <laughs> Welcome, to, you know, uh, thirty years. I don't know. Many years ago, somebody told me you shouldn't wear ball hat caps all the time. It'll make you go bald faster. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Well, I think it just happens. Now. It's called, 
It's, it happens. What body parts do you find in general? What body parts in general do you find sexiest? Mm, lips. Absolutely lips. And so lips and then eyes, probably followed by hands. Hmm. So, yeah. How about you? Eyes are a good one. Face in general. Lips. Facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, Depending on the situation, when I'm at work, ass most often. Um, when you're at work, it's ass? Oddly enough, yes. Hey, that's how you and I flip the switch. Because, <laughs> that's very true. Because it's like, some of the people where I work dress like they're in very tight clothing. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be appropriate for my workplace, but that's how they choose to dress. It's fine by me. And so it's like this this naughty kind of stealing a glance sort of thing oh, for some reason. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that that's... Um... Fireable? Yes, that's maybe <laughs> If you act word out on it. <laughs> Just don't act out on it. Okay, very good. <laughs> Start wearing sunglasses to work. <laughs> uh, what is your most recent sexual thought? My most recent sexual thought... Well, I was just talking about cupcake boobs. True. <laughs> so that would have to be it. But um, before that, probably looking at someone's hands and thinking how that would feel being fisted by them. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> how about yours? Um, oh. <sighs> the trick. Well, earlier today... Um, I was exchanging email with somebody you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and they were suggesting to me that they were home alone today. Right. So that led to a sexual thought. Right. Nice. Uh, I don't want to, um, you know, what do they call that? Kiss and tell? Right. <laughs> but there's one there. Okay. Um, and that leads to our next question, which I will answer first. Do you ever just play with your boobs, penis, labia, etc.? Um I don't play with my boobs or labia, but I do. <laughs> do I, ever, I don't really play with my penis so much anymore. Uh, I certainly do recall doing so when I was younger. Um, but it's something that actually I, I've had in mind to do more of lately. Yeah. In that just trying to re, you know, the whole Tantra thing, right? Making sure that you're paying attention to all of your body and not just and even penis as well sure i know this spot's always feels good but what have i felt this spot what have i rubbed Mm -hmm. this spot um i've taken a little more time in the uh little did you know i take a little more time in the shower nowadays yeah and i stroke my cock a little bit in the shower and get a feel for that um not with the intent to jack off right with the intent to get turned on by just so here's the part from and this actually if you really want to get deep into this question <laughs> uh this comes from i've been rereading multi-orgasmic male mm-hmm. by uh oh, i can't think of who guy it is yeah with that name yeah um oh I'm, i can't think of the name either at the moment but you know one of the things that was i was reminded of in that book was that you know normally when we self-pleasure as males we fantasize right we think about what we'd like to be doing what we were doing or something like that versus simply feeling what we are feeling right and i was exploring this just just feeling what i'm feeling versus doing it with the idea of a fantasy i'm not good at that though to be honest i'm not either that's actually sounds like it'd be quite a challenge yeah 
So, huh. It's funny that you're rereading that because that is what's on my Kindle right now is the multi-orgasmic female, which I'm only a couple pages into. So, but, uh, yeah. So do I, so do I touch myself just to touch myself? You know, I touch myself sometimes my boobs and breasts. No, not really. Labia and stuff. Yeah. Usually with the idea to masturbate, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll start out self-pleasuring and realize, no, I really would rather just go to sleep. So I may still stroke myself, but there's no goal in mind. Um, Things like that. So every now and then. So, yeah. And finally, when was the last time you touched your naughty bit? Last night. Um, With an intent? No. No. Mentek Chia is the author of that book, The okay, Multi-Orgasmic cool. Male, Secrets Every Man Should Know. It is, by the way, a horribly marketed book. It is, it is marketed for the um, uh, male that wants to just go score pussy sort of oh. crowd. I forget what they call that. Um, being an American, no. You know what I mean. That yeah. <laughs> how to manipulate women to get them in the sack. Oh. It's who they're marketing that towards. But it's really an actual good book with a lot of good advice in okay. it. Okay. Um, so that's that, and that's our questions of the day. And you know, actually, you were talking about um, touching yourself more just to get to touch yourself, mm-hmm. and it just popped into my head that um, I want to read Red Tantra again. And the book Red Tantra is very much about um, having a goal of orgasming every day, or at least being sexual every day. And it's about building up your energy and building up your connection with the world mm-hmm. and building up your connection with other people because you become a little more hypersensitive and hyper aware and things like that yeah. when you do something sexual every day. So not a bad idea. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to read really, that one. You might want to just put that aside until after your surgery. Yeah. I was thinking of reading it towards it during my surgery. <laughs> probably not a good idea. Huh? So, and finally on the podcast today, we did have someone write in and, uh, they said, and this is a local person. They could have just told us this, but I'm glad they wrote in cause I have a bad memory. Uh, they said that they have a daughter who is 25. And when they, this, the person that wrote in started to explore the life cycle lifestyle, suddenly they realized that the necklace her boyfriend gave her a couple years ago was actually a day collar. So they started talking about that. Um, so it's a mom. It's her mom. Mom and daughter. Yeah, okay. and the daughter got started first, apparently. Who was and the daughter was the one wearing the day collar. Right. Okay. So cool. And then the mom recognized what it was after she, much later in life, got started in the lifestyle. Wow. So that's an interesting one. Um, and they've had good conversations about that. Not necessarily details about what we do sexually, but about being submissive. Um. So the first part of the question is, do they think that's weird? Does that cross any boundaries that could hurt my daughter? Um, and we've always been of a mind, the only thing that could really... First one, your daughter's 25. Right. It doesn't... It, it's interesting for us because we were the first to get involved before the kids got right. semi-involved. And right. I will say that neither one of our kids are truly involved in the lifestyle. No, and we have a 30-year-old and a 25-year-old. Yeah. So uh, we were already involved. So for them to come to us to advice for advice seemed quite natural, mm-hmm. weird because of the topic. But still, the worst thing you could do, in my opinion, would be at that point would be to try and hide what you're doing because then there, you add the factor of oh, I guess it's shameful. Right. The shame that shame's the exact word that right. popped into my head too. So in the in this situation, no, I don't think it's unusual or hurtful. 
to speak to your daughter about these things. Mm-hmm. You're not telling her what to do. You're sharing. And, and she's already doing it. Right. Right. Maybe she's the one giving you advice. Yeah. I mean, um, I still wouldn't, and this is just my personal opinion, I still wouldn't go into the sexual details simply because I see a boundary uh-huh. between um, parents and kids regardless of the age. Yeah. I know a lot of people do not think that way as kids get older or parents get older or whatever. So, and who knows, it may change for us at some time. God, I hope not. Um, but, um, so I don't know if that would be harmful. That's just my personal choice, right? And, and that not to have that discussion with, yeah. with the kids. Um, and then you get some really weird permulations on that. If it's a daughter who's mm-hmm. 25, mm-hmm. certainly of the age of consent, right, goes to this play party, her dom puts a bunch of bruises on her ass, and then she goes home and dad sees these bruises. Right. Even if dad's in the lifestyle. Right. It still triggers something for you that mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you're thinking, you know, you're not my daughter. Right. Shit. I, you know, I'm sure that many people don't even like the idea, regardless of the fact that their kids have babies. Right. You know, you don't want to think about your kids having sex. Ick. Right. Right. So, yeah. But, um, so wasn't she asking what could they do? That so was... now let's, let's get into the, the okay. actual question. With, right. Um, first off, phase one, no, talk to your daughter. Mm-hmm. Phase two, the actual question is, um, do we do tell each other what events we're going to go to? So we don't end up going to the same ones. But do you think there are any events we could go together which wouldn't be uncomfortable for us? Now, she had already thought about a meet and greet might be okay. But what about, and maybe here in Columbus, we have something called New to Kink that AIS puts on. Yeah, I I think it depends what kind of relationship you have with your daughter. I mean, if my 25-year-old wanted to go to a munch and I went to a munch as well, Sure, not a problem. I don't see a problem with that right. at all. I don't know if that would actually ever happen because our 25-year-old doesn't want to be associated with us in the lifestyle uh-huh. if he steps in because he already knows that almost everybody knows but us. We're, we're different. So, so we're different. Yep. Um, new to kink? I don't know that if I, me personally, if I was new to kink as the mom going at the same time as the kid, there could be benefits or distractions, right? I don't know that I would learn the same way knowing my kid was learning the same thing as well. I don't know that I would speak up and ask the questions that I had if my kid was there as well, or, you know, if I was the kid and my parent was there. I don't know that I would get what I needed out of the class because I would, you know, I would see my kid. I would, you know, know that they're there. So, um, I do know people that have done that. I do know people that go to parties when their kids are in tow and no one seems to have a problem with it. If, um, my kids were going to be at a party and I knew about it, I would absolutely not want to be there. Mm-hmm. If my kids, um, went to a TNG, a next generation event, right. And it was at the space. I would probably make sure there was a different director there. So Is their comfort or yours. Probably both. I think I would project that they would be more comfortable if I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it would be for, for I mean, I can go to my office, right? Yeah. But I would also be stepping out there to check on things and stuff. So I think I would project that they would feel more comfortable yeah. if all I wasn't there. Oh, this is very personal, what works in mm-hmm. your relationship. I will tell you this, and this is a truth that I will have to share with you, listener, is whenever... 
it was definitely in the beginning. Maybe not so much more recently, but it used to be when I met people and they said, oh, my name is Zuzu and this is my daughter Zizi. Regardless yeah. of the fact that both are of age, yeah. it still squigs me out a little mm, bit. I, I can think of an instance, yeah. But on the other hand, we have another person in the community who has started to come around the community and they, their mother has started to come around the community. Oh, and their right. mother's fet name is this person's mom. Right. Right. So that's how they identify. Um, and checking out mom's profile on FetLife, because I do that, you know, she's like, wow, I'm kind of lost. I'm kind of lonely. I really don't know. It's, you know, I don't know anybody. So it's been neat to find the community via my son. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of, that's legit. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, I find that okay. I don't know why one and why the other, you know, I don't know why I'm. I don't um, know. But, but the, the point of the story is not what's. To us to tell you what the you know what we feel about it, to be aware that people will respond to you guys in a variety of fashions. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be totally down with it. Some people are going to go, "Oh my god, that's so weird! You can't be in the same place at the same time." Um, and you may decide that it's best to not, you know, share that relationship with people as you meet them. Let the, I, it depends. It's totally up to you, right? Yeah. So events you can go to, a couple of easy ones that come to mind. Beyond Love, the Polyamory Summit. Right, because it's all relationship Power stuff. Exchange Summit. It's right. all Power Exchange. Both of those, there's no play space. Right. So those might be very valuable. You could certainly go to Winter Wickedness, the AIS event coming up in February, and simply decide. Throughout the daytime, we're going to be in, well, they have that day one's, dungeons too. That one's hard. There's day dungeons <laughs> yeah. and it's a hotel takeover. So, But you might just decide, look, between this hour and this hour, I'm going to be in here playing. Mm-hmm. And I would like space, so don't come in there. Well, and we have somebody that's on our on one of our staffs whose daughter has also gotten into the community, and they've had the discussion of. Um, so, go on, go on. Okay, okay. So I'm trying to give Dan clues on who this is. So I'll, I'll tell you in a little bit. Um, so their daughter has gotten into the lifestyle, oh, right. yes, and gotcha. so they've made the decision that who they play with, right? They. Um, the mom can't go down past a certain age and the daughter can't go up oh. past a certain age. And then there's a buffer, yeah. a year buffer in the middle. So in that way, they don't cross pollinate with yeah. who they're dating. But then there's the rule that the daughter has to say what party she's going to in case the mom right. is going to be there as well. That was that was a bizarre com- conversation. Now that I think about it, when somebody who's on our event staff Mm-hmm. Asked us, by the way, can you comp somebody to come in and help me? Sure. Who's that? Oh, you know her. My daughter. Right. And so, we do know her yeah. since she was little. So this is kind of weird. And then the daughter happened to mention that she was going to an out-of-state event. And the mom's like, oh, no, no, no. I've already got tickets to that. And uh-huh. the daughter's like, oh, well, I thought you just meant local. And the mom's like, oh, no. <laughs> this is this is across the... Yeah. Side note. <laughs> I remember running into the daughter uh-huh. at uh, not at a kink event, but at a, at a um, gaming con. Was it a gaming con? Um, Marcon. Okay. And she was wearing something very busty. Right, I remember it was weird. It's weird because <laughs> you know, as you know, somebody when they're younger, right? Before they were before they had boobs, and now they have <laughs> boobs and they're out there. Anyway. <laughs> So hopefully that's helpful. I don't know if it's helpful or not, but that's the answer we're oh, going to give you. Ramble. On that one. Uh, so there you go. I hope there's your answer for that one. 
You can contact us and ask your own questions via a variety of ways, such as email us at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. So, or finding us on FetLife. The group is Erotic Awakening, and we are the owners, so just look for our names as the owners. And you can always use the voicemail 614-414-2072. Other ways to contact us as well as we'll, where we'll be presenting... Which we have a full schedule coming up next year. We show it from zero to full. I know. We're turning things down at this point. Past podcast episodes, links to the newsletter, and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Indeed. So, and you know, you can also join our um, secret Facebook group. Indeed. So we have the public Facebook group, but we don't hang out on that one too much because it, it is public and a lot of people don't feel comfortable on there. But we do have the private one. So if you go to eroticawakening.com, click the link for buy Dan and Dawn. That's how you can request to be on the Facebook group. And like I said, we do respond to questions on that one. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe. You're listening to a song called Whim. The official E.H. Water is still Reverend Danny Smite. The person Ooh. we've seen most recently is a variety of people. But we need a new we need a new name here. We can't keep <laughs> saying these five names over and over again. Okay. The current sender of tentacles is Traver. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer. And the official food that goes on boobs is still nipple tarts. Thank you, Sasquatch. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. We need more food on boobs. <laughs> <laughs>